You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 13th, episode 3263, brought to you today by Kem and Equine. Good morning, horse people. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic, <laughs> horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. Well, thank you for being here, everybody. In today's horse horse health report, we meet husband and wife farrier duo Scott and Sydney Wilkinson. They're going to join us today, and they're going to give some tips on getting your horse's feet ready for winter if you live in a cold place. And with us, we just do the same thing. We've been doing. <laughs> Part two of the Fry Equine Insurance Series focuses on liability insurance for your horses and farm. And I got to tell you, I was an insurance agent for a long time, but I am learning stuff doing this series with her. Uh, and I think you're going to learn a lot about liability I insurance. Know. You started before the show started, you're like, let me talk to you about your insurance. I, what I, do you I was have? going, like, I wonder if what, Jamie has any. <laughs> and we have plenty of weird news, right? Weird news? Oh, yeah. yes, we do. Almost a record turnout this week. I know I sent you several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't weird sleep week. one night. You know what happens when you can't sleep. You either buy stuff or you find weird news. One of the two. <laughs> so I wanted to thank... Oh, but, and in the post-show, we're going to talk about a bizarre weird story of Olympian Eric Lamaz. I remember when you came on, you were like, Eric Lamaz has brain cancer. Oh, yeah. Well, I, he might. I'm not sure. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna. It's just... When I read that Chronicle story, which was well-written and well-researched, by the way, we're going to talk about it in the post show. It was just bizarre. So anyway, I wanted to thank everybody yesterday. There must have been 50, 60 of our listeners that did post yesterday supporting Telefriend September, where they were telling all their friends on Facebook about our show. And the comments, I don't know if you read some of them, but the comments were lovely. And we love you guys. And thank you so much for listening and being, you know, such big fans for years. There are people saying on there they've been listening for 10 years and and 12 years and uh that's just hey glenn you want to feel flattering (laughs) yes my kid's 10 i didn't have a kid when we started this show (laughs) (laughs) there you go i was barely married (laughs) (laughs) there you go so thank you to everybody you guys are great and hopefully we pick up some new listeners if you're new if you're listening for the first time because of one of your friends posting welcome uh this show's an acquired taste give us a week we always say give us a week that seems to be about what it takes because we've been doing this show for 3200 episodes so that yes there is some inside scoop there is some inside stories that we tell we try and we try and give you a, a we brief try to update. Recap yeah. yeah. As best we can. Sometimes we forget. Again, we've been doing this a long time. But if I do that so. too much, the people have been listening for 10 yes. years get mad at me and right. send me angry messages. <laughs> Could you get through it? So, um, try, try to ha- make everybody happy. Yeah. We, we tried to get our recaps down to a couple sentences. So we're, we're trying to help the new people and not bore the old people. So, um, 
if you want to do something else to help, if you if you don't have time to post on your page or whatever, right there in your podcast player, almost everyone allows you to rate the show. That really oh does help us. The algorithms look at those ratings. So if you haven't rated the show yet, whatever it is, if it's a one star, then don't. Uh, but anything <laughs> yeah, above that, you can rate the show. <laughs> you can get on there right on your podcast player. There's a, usually a way to rate it, especially on Apple's for sure. So rate the show in your player. That really does help us out. And, and again, welcome to all the new people, we're glad you found us. You have a lot of catching up to do. And we do something called Daily Winnies every day. That's kind of like shout outs on regular radio. And uh, I usually do it at giving happy birthdays to our auditors, which are super fans. They donate uh, anything from $3 up a month to become part of the auditor group. And we have two of them with birthdays, uh, Kelly Peterson Hammer and Deanne Sloan of Horse Nation. Happy birthday to both of you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, now, if you're new to the show, let me just tell you that I am a magnet for disaster. Okay, you're, there you go. You're a magnet for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, let's see, Monday afternoon, it's Wednesday now. Monday afternoon, evening, I was in my barn, and I heard somebody screaming, bloody murder. Like, and screaming. And I, so I ran outside and, and Chad, my husband was sitting in the front yard working on his, whatever the heck he finds time to work on stuff. And he's working on something. He goes like, Hey, your dogs are in the road. And I was like, what? And he was like, Murphy's in the road. And I was like, they're in the backyard. I just left him there. Well, they're in the road and it's Murphy. I can see Murphy and I get, and Murphy is our little black basset hound puppy. Who's probably about eight months old. So I like he, how he said your dogs are in the yard yeah, or in the road. I'm not, not going dogs. to get them. You have to yeah. go get them. Because <laughs> his dog would never do something like that because she's perfect, Danny. Uh, so he, he's like, I was like, they're in the yard. He's like, well, I see Murphy and some other big white dog trotting on the road. And I was like, what? And so I go sprinting. I jump the fence. I climb the fence to get out of my arena. And I run across the road. And I'm like, that's not my dog. Those aren't my pets at all. <laughs> It is a black basset hound puppy, a white mixed dog, and not one, but two goats trotting down <laughs> the, the local road. gang. <laughs> Coming right down the road in the screen. Were they the was Bloods or the neighbor. Crips? Did they have little jackets on? <laughs> they had no bandanas to identify them. Were there any tattoos? <laughs> so they, they had ear tags. Oh my so God. They must have looked like quite a crew coming down the road. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, I'm like, this is some country ass living right here. And so they come trotting on the road, and I was like, uh, hi, hi, guys. Oh, and funny. the Basset Hound puppy just runs right up to me and jumps into my arms the other dog comes running up guess who else comes just running right up to me for attention the goats and one might have been the smelliest billy goat <laughs> in the history of the world and he immediately like starts rubbing his head on my leg i was like oh my god 
not. And I'm, in, I'm in the middle of a road where it's the top of a hill. So cars come up the hill. They can't see anything. So I was like, okay, everybody, I pick up the basset on puppy and we go coming towards the, my front gate, which is closed. And Chad's right on the other side of it. Let me just say, thank God Chad was there to witness this whole thing because he never would have believed me. No. Ever. <laughs> So I think I, Chad was also concerned when he saw you walking up going, oh, my God, we're not going to find the owners, and she's going to take all these animals. Two goats and two dogs, one being a basset hound puppy. You know what How kind of ironic is that, that, by the way? Yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> so I, 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 I have the puppy in my arms, and I'm starting to unlatch the gate. He's like... What are you doing? What are you? Don't don't bring them in here. No. Oh God, she's bringing them in. Oh, she's bringing them in. And so I bring this puppy in. The dog comes in. The two goats come trotting in, and everybody's just like hanging out in the front yard. I close the gate. I put the puppy down. Now we have two dogs and two goats, like in the yard. Hey guys, what's up? And I was like, uh, I guess I'll put them in a stall. Like, I don't know. They were in the road. They were going to get like, somebody was about to come over the hill and uh, they come up the hill a hundred miles an hour and they would have plastered into all four of these or wrecked. So I'm like, come on. Hey, everybody, do you want to come into the barn? I've got grain. And literally everybody like follows me to the barn. I open the stall. The goats go right in the stall. The dogs were not as excited to get in the <laughs> stall, but they went in and I was like, okay, everybody chill. I threw some hay in the corner. The goats were like, Meh. and they run over and they're eating the hay. I put dog food in there. The dogs were like wolfing it down. I put water in there. It was like this weird, peaceful moment of two dogs and two goats that were like, just coming for a visit. I don't know what happened, but so like my, my, my renter at, at with the house that we have on the property also has goats. And she's like, listen, you can't keep the goats in the stall because do you know what happens to your horses when you put goats in the barn? Oh Jesus. They think it's the worst thing in the history of the world. They were terrified. Baby Effie was like running around like crazy miles. <laughs> the wimpiest Andalusian in the history of the world was like snorted and ran into the wall when he came in. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. So she took the goats to her house. Cause she had her, her grandpa's house. Cause that's, she has goats in there. So they were put at her place. Now I'm like, okay, I'll keep the dogs and everything until tomorrow. But we have a great welfare system here in Norman where you just call them and they'll come get them. They take them. That's where people have to go get them. And I was pretty sure I know, knew who the owner was and they let their, their animals get out all the time. And I was like, it's time for them to pay um, to collect them because last time their cows got out and were in my yard. So I'm, I'm not going through that again. So I, I caught yesterday animal welfare. I had had the animals 24 hours. I posted them everywhere. Glenn, every social media, all the paw boosts, all the uh, next door app on Facebook, all over the place and no word. And so I called animal welfare yesterday and they came and picked him up and she hung out with me for a while. Really nice people. And I was like, what's going to happen? I was like, you can't, it's a no kill thing. So they go there. She's like, we stray hold for three days. And after that, if they're not claimed, they'll get spayed and neutered and then they'll be up for adoption. And I was like, well, you can't. I'm like, I'll come get him. <laughs> I was like, 
if, 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 if we nightmare. go to something like that, I'll get because they were really nice dogs. They were so sweet. And Ginger's like, great, I got new goats. Like everybody's happy. Well, the owners did come driving by. And yes, they did not speak very much English. And so thank God Ginger speaks Spanish. And she was able to take him. They got their goats back, which they apparently bottle raised. These were the nicest dang goats ever. And we told them where their dogs were, so they went and bailed them out yesterday. So all is as well that ends well. The goats and the dogs have been reunited, and hopefully these people, they were like, we were working on our fence. Well, you need to work a little quicker because <laughs> days running around. So the Spanish gang went home. The the little Spanish goat mafia went back to their little goat pen, so everybody's happy. But I just, I, I just like, my, this is a country. You would have seen just, that in the movie Pets. This game was, coming down the street, <laughs> and they were like click clacking down the road. But I mean, just the combination of the of of all of them. A puppy, a medium sized dog, a and two goats. small goat, and like a giant. It's like goat. right out yeah. of pets. It's like in the back alley of pets. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, Ginger was like, "These are meat goats," and I was like, "Over my dead body, somebody's going to eat these goats." And it turns out they're just family pets, so they just happen to get out. I was like, "Oh, thank God, they're not going to eat them. That's good." Uh, so yeah, but again, just think, Christ, Chad was there to see the whole story unfold. <laughs> because there's no way that I could have convinced him of the origin story of this transaction that occurred. It was insane. So this is a perfect transition into our commercial, which literally has the first sentence that says, Oh my God, this is crazy. (laughs) A fallen section of fence can certainly throw a wrench in your day. And for the people who find your pets that are missing. (laughs) And for the ones who collect the street gang of goats. (laughs) Aside from a headache and repair bill, it might also allow your horses, goats, or dogs out and other creatures in. A fence is not unlike the intestinal barrier in this way. It needs to be strong and functional to keep the good bugs in and the bad bugs out. Unless your wife opens it and lets all of them (laughs) into the the fence. (laughs) But what happens when you have a down section of fence or loosened tight junctions in the gut? lining holes or leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier known as leaky gut syndrome can result in various health and welfare problems it's not a small problem gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses but there's something that you can do about it good nutrition and attention to gut health can help promote immunity performance healthy weight nutrient absorption and positive attitude for optimal health ensure your feeds include clostat butapearl zeq and chemtrace chromium from Kemen Equine. You can learn more at Kemen.com slash leaky gut. That's Kemen, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash leaky gut. Well, we still have one spot left, Glenn, for the Monty Roberts introductory course clinic that I am hosting and teaching at my house on October 2nd through the 13th. It's a two week long course and it is the first prerequisite for being certified as an instructor. Now, you don't have to want to be an instructor or a certified instructor to take this course. It is just just the 
I mean, it's, it's awesome. It changed my life when I took it. And basically it, you, we have a couple hours of classroom time where we go through the entire horse, how they communicate, how they learn. It is like a whole like A to Z on the horse. You get a 500 page manual to take home with you and study. And it is very in depth of like all the horse health stuff, all the things. And uh, then the afternoons we practice, we just train horses all day. It's super fun. I bring in a ton of horses for the clinic. The stars of the clinic this time, Glenn, will be Drax, my former thoroughbred who was adopted out. He's coming back for the clinic. And then Raphael, who is the 18-hand warm blood, will be coming back to participate in the clinic. And then a bunch of thoroughbreds from Horse and Hound. You'll we'll have Maverick and Duke and just, Billy will be here. All the horses will be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that is October 2nd through the 13th. If you want any more information, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You can email me. You can find it on my Facebook page, which is Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings. Uh, you can find all of that there. It's it's a whole lot of fun. We have three really awesome chicks already signed up. So one more plus an old student is going to come back and hang on volunteer. Farm Boy is going to be here to help. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I hope you guys well, you can just can got the come. last sign up when you said Farm Boy is going to be there. I did what? You just got the last sign up when you said Farm Boy's going to be there. They're, they're going to have 10 people calling now. <laughs> I thought you were saying I screwed it up. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So there's Boy's your motivation, here. people. He's, he's going to help. Yeah, it's going to be great. They don't so care about everybody. meeting you. They want to meet Farm no. Boy. No, no part of it. So send your young daughters. <laughs> you come and ride. College age and preferred. Yes. Yes. De- definitely over, you know, 21 would be good. <laughs> so, this horse health, horse health report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. We have husband and wife team. Actually, the husband's coming on, but he's part of a husband and wife team of farriers, which you don't hear about too often. Uh, Scott and Sydney Wilkinson, and we're going to talk about them. They're very active on Facebook. They have quite a following, so they're popular farriers. And they're also going to talk to us about getting your horses ready for winter and what you have to do with your horse's feet. Well, I'm so excited to talk to husband and wife team Scott and Sydney uh, Wilkinson. They're certified journeyman farriers. And we said earlier we we're going to talk to Scott, but come on, let's do girl talk. I want to talk to Sydney. <laughs> Hi, Sydney. Hi, how are you guys? Oh my gosh, fantastic. So good to have you. I mean, yes, I just want to talk to talk to the lady who has to sit in a truck with her husband 24-7. What is going on? How does that work? Well, actually, we are kind of soft. We don't travel at all. Um, we schedule all of our appointments in our shop in Harrison, Arkansas. So we um, bring all of our clients into our location and do all of our work there. You have like yes. the dream so farrier nice. job yes. right there. <laughs> That's awesome. So people bring yes. their horses, load them up and bring them to you. That is fantastic. Yes, yes. It makes things a lot easier for us. Definitely kind of cuts down on costs and our clients are really used to it. They like to, you know, get out of their element sometimes and just kind of get a break and they get to sit down and we kind of do do all the work we need to do and then they load up their horses and head on home and we've got a great clientele. So we're pretty fortunate with that too. Do most are most of your clientele coming to you because they have issues or do you guys just do all the things? 
So we have quite the variety. We have a lot of different disciplines to, that come to us. We are in kind of a melting pot as far as um, equestrians um, where we are, which is in the Ozark Mountains. And so we have a lot of English riders, a lot of Western riders. Um, we get a lot of veterinarian referrals. So we do mostly veterinarian referrals and performance horses. How did you guys meet? Um, he was shooing my horses. <laughs> I was hoping that was the oh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he was shooing my horses. And of course, then we, you know, obviously had a lot of similarities and, and common interests. And that's just kind of where it all started from there. And then um, it just went from that. He's like, hey, you want to go ahead and take over the scheduling she book? You married go the hot farrier is what that comes down to. <laughs> but you know what so, I love is like she married the hot farrier, but she's like, you know what? I think I can do better. <laughs> I, can, I can shoe my horses better. <laughs> That's funny. We're, we're a really great team. Like we complement each other really well. It's kind of like I was saying just a second ago. He's he's kind of the introvert. I'm the extrovert. He's like, hey, you can save us a bunch of time, and you can talk to people, and I can do I can do focus on what I need to to work on and and get that done. And then we do a lot of things where we you know we talk about things together. You know, especially like therapeutic cases. We you know, we get a lot of input from each other and there's a lot of things, you know, there's a joke that says if you line up, you know, 10 farriers in a room, they're going to shoe horse, that horse, uh, 12 different ways. And mm -hmm. we have a lot of, uh, times that we're kind of like, Hey, I think we need to go this direction. And then the other one will think, Oh, well, what if we do this? And so it's really nice for us. Cause we get two sets of eyes on the horses that we work on and, so it's a good mix because, you know, we may, in some days, it's a good balance too, because sometimes we go with kind of what he wants to go with on those situations. And then, you know, other days he'll be like, you know, I think, you know, let's go ahead and do it your way. We'll try that approach first. So it's, it's a great balance for us and what we do. That's awesome. That, what a cool story. Um, so now to talk about shoeing here, obviously it's, starting to get chilly in some parts of the country, most parts of the country. How can people prepare, like as a farrier, when you go somewhere, how can people prepare their horse best for you to do your best? Um, so definitely starting with the foundation um, always is going to be nutrition, environment, you know, all of those important things, husbandry, being proactive um, when you, you know, do have an issue that you think could be a problem or could become a problem before it happens. Um, most of the conversations we have with our clients is, is actually based on nutrition. Um, we are, uh, have a lot of winter grasses in our area. So of course, you know, as, as the seasons change, um, we see a lot of, you know, hormone fluctuation, but then we also see, um, you know, horses that are now, you know, where they the grasses are changing and we have those winter grasses that are really sugary and starchy. And we see a lot, a lot, a lot of laminitic cases. So we talk to our clients a lot about diet. We just try to steer them more towards a better nutrition, you know, don't overfeed, you know, what, what does healthy look like? Um, and I think that's the biggest thing as far as transitioning or just general hoof care is going to be your, your diet and your foundation of your horse, because See, Glenn, we can you, put, you can, you can oh, love sorry. your horse too much. It sounds like, you know, not me. I don't overfeed my pony. Not at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and then it's funny because then you'll, we, we do a lot of, uh, taping. We, we do a lot of way tape. <laughs> 
<laughs> in our shop. Um, and, you know, really are particular with our laminitic um, cases because most of them obviously are going to be diet related. And, um, but we can, we tell people starting off, we say we can put whatever, we can put gold shoes, we can put glue on shoes, we can, you know, do barefoot, we can do whatever, you know, is best for this horse. But if you don't start that process at home in the, in the foundation, then you're going to be wasting a lot of time and energy and finances to, to not get very good results. La, 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 la. I can't hear you, Sydney. <laughs> if you didn't know, Glenn has a fat pony. He loves too, too much. Yes. Yes. We have, we have, um, several rehabs that people, you know, we've had like owner, um, where they just kind of say like, I'm, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and they stop, you know, just really honestly, people that stop in the shop, they're like, I have this thundered pony and I don't know what to do with it. Do you know anybody that wants it? I'm like me, me, me. And Scott's <laughs> like, Oh, here we go again. You know? <laughs> so oh, we have a I'll lot of rehabs. Ones. Yes. Yes. But they're, they are fun. And, and it is neat to see them make a turnaround over, you know, things simple as, you know, diet and, you know, where they're at and taking care of their feed consistently and the so changes that can be made. What are some of the warning signs like that? I think this is going to become a problem. What are you looking for before it becomes a problem? Um, so generally what we see um, that kind of give us the red flag is obviously, you know, those telltale signs. Are we seeing um, laminitic ridges, you know, on the hoof wall? Are we seeing uh, loss of concavity in the foot? Are we seeing, um, you know, intermittent tenderness um, on different terrains? Um, or do we have any bruising or stretching in the white line, um, you know, bruising, uh, in the sole, or we, are we getting the adequate amount of sole depth growth between cycles? Um, you know, what is this body condition? What is this horse's body condition score? You know, where, where are they at? Are they, if we tape them, you know, I've had, uh, we had a gentleman come in, he was an older gentleman and he, you know, he was very adamant about, he liked his horse thick, stocky, you know, so it's a quarter horse, older quarter horse. And he, he liked the thick, stocky quarter horse. And I'm like, yes, yes. You know, but we are seeing some things, you know, I have some white line disease. We have some, you know, loss of concavity. We see, you know, these are some red flags that we see. And he's like, well, I just, I like a heavier stocky horse. And I'm like, trying to tell him, I'm like, this, this horse could lose some weight. And he's like, well, I like him around 1200 pounds. That's just where I like to keep him. And I said, ah, I said, let's get the tape out. Let's see how much he weighs. 1350. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and so, you know, and that I, happens I'm to me when I get on the scale too. Yes, yes, I know. How does that happen? Every time, every time. Yeah. And, um, do as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, by the time we ended that conversation, he was more aware and we pointed out those things as far as, you know, crusty neck, we've got some fatty deposits that are kind of abnormal. Um, and, and, you know, so he was aware and he's like, well, maybe he could lose a little bit of weight. And so he went home and changed it up, you know, actually just put a grazing muzzle on. And the next time we saw the horse, it, he was just tremendously better. Like it's for overall health, uh, body condition. And, you know, we, we were making progress on the white line disease. He actually had grown some soul depth, you know, those things that, you know, a laminitic horse, a chronic laminitic horse is not going to do. So, well, I mean, to even the athleticism of a horse that 
has the appropriate weight versus one that is too heavy, he should have noticed a huge difference just in the abilities of the horse to do their job. Because, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I carry, you know, a few extra pounds and I'm sluggish. I'm not yes. as good as I was. And I had a fat horse here who would fall down at the canter and now he's lost <laughs> weight with a grazing muzzle and he's like this athlete now. So it is yes. definitely true. Like it will help all part, all facets of their, uh, their life. Absolutely. Well, you know, it just things that we hear from people, you know, clients that say, you know, now they're actually running up to me, you know, in the pasture there, I'm seeing them get, you know, more energy and, and not as lethargic as they were, because I, I do think they get, um, stagnant. I think they just kind of lose that motivation and they, they don't feel as good. And, you know, it's, it's Scott, he's the same way. He's like, if I, he, he feels changes like in his knees and his joints and his legs and, and all of that. He's like, if I feel like I've, my weight is fluctuating, it's just going to put more stress on those areas when he's working or when he's just, you know, day to day. So I think that's super important for people to remember. They do feel better if they're in a healthier weight. Can I, can I go back a little bit to uh, the glue on shoes? My wife's thoroughbred has had terrible feet since she got them and they went the glue on shoe route years ago. Because he couldn't handle the, you know, nails for, for regular shoes. And she's had great luck with them. Are you seeing more and more people give them a try? Yes, I am. I think um, our one of our things that we run into as far as walls in trying to bring those to our clientele is um, one of the things is going to be cost. Yeah, they're, they're not, you know, they're not as cheap for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You will, you will never outweigh the, the pricing of just a steel set of right. shoes. I mean, with, with, when you add consumables into the mix of your expenses, it's just, it's very hard to do. So, um, you know, that is difficult to, project that to your clientele, um, you know, because, you know, we're all kind of trying to save, save money mm. and be conservative and, and you do those things, you Apparently know. Apparently my wife's not. Um, yeah. That's what I get out of that, I, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean. Just it works, to, though. If she's happy, that's all that matters. It works. <laughs> she, they've even experimented with just using the glue and not the shoe and have had pretty good luck with that. Yes. So we do actually yesterday we did the same very similar thing. You know, we have a lot of those um, polyurethanes that we can actually just use the polyurethane. And then, of course, now they have more um, they're gearing more towards just like sole coverage versus an actual, you know, glue on shoe. So we've done some of that. Um, the biggest run in we come in with our personal clientele is environment because a lot of our horses are on turnout mm -hmm. and we are in a very, very high humidity area. <laughs> there is, there's moisture. Now I will say like the last mm, 30 days or so, it, it was just super dry, which was awesome. Everything was tough. It was hard, you know, and then we got like three inches of rain in one day and it, it, the moisture content fluctuates all the time here year round. So that is our biggest challenge when you go to using adhesives or using, you know, acrylics or, you know, the polyurethane, any of those consumables and doing the, it, um, you know, glue on shoes or those type of things, the moisture is greatly going to affect the longevity of that. And okay. so that is one of the things, those are a couple of the things, like I said, financial, the cost of it. And then, um, you know, as far as controlling the environment, because we can't control 
where these horses are turned out or where they live. You know, that's one thing that's kind of in the owner's control. And I think that's just in general, you know, the drier environment you can keep them in, the better they'll be, the more like stable the foot will be. Because I just, I kind of tell people it's kind of like spaghetti. You know, the hoof wall is just kind of made up of these fibers that are locked together. And think of it like a spaghetti noodle. If they're, if they're dry, they're hard, they're rigid, they're tough. And then if we have that constant moisture exposure, they're just going to get more soft, more pliable. I think that just makes them a little bit more susceptible. Not that water is a bad thing because they do need a certain level of moisture. It's, it's not that it's a bad thing, but, um, you know, there's, there's a happy balance in all of that. I'm looking at your Facebook page right now. For those who don't, uh, for those who haven't seen it, this is just, I mean, these cases that you guys post and chronicle and follow along with are just incredible. It's Wilkinson Farrier Services on Facebook. And I love the line where like, welcome to the Ozark Mountains where the moisture is high and we grow rocks. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes absolutely. Um, you know, when we transitioned from Oklahoma to um, Arkansas, um, actually Scott grew up here and this is where he shod um, for the first part of his career. And then moved to Oklahoma and that's where we met. And then we moved back, um, for basically for his dad, family reasons. And we moved back to this area a couple years ago and it was just this huge transition in environment. I mean, we were, you know, in Oklahoma, you say just in general, a a generic set of, um, steel shoes, you know, we may reuse those shoes three or four times. And out here, our own personal horses, we don't get to reuse them one time. They have to have a new set of shoes every time we shoe them because even our place is, is just it. We grow rocks and I mean, big jagged. (laughs) I mean, it is like worst case scenario. We had most of our horses barefoot when we, when we moved out here and within just several weeks, we, we live on such a steep incline and they go down to the creek and they, they do move a lot. They travel a lot um, up and down, you know, this, this hill we have. And, but it's just rocks. And they had worn off everything that they, any excess on their feet. And so you mix that with the moisture. And then, like I said, it just fluctuates so much. And then we put, you know, this abrasive environment. And then we turn well, around and then we use them. It sounds to me like you need to come back to Oklahoma because uh, <clears throat> that's where I am. So <laughs> where, where were y'all in Oklahoma? I'm near the Farrier I, School, actually. Okay. So we were between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, just right off of 44 over at Bristow. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a whole ton of great farriers here because they do all come out of that school, the Oklahoma Farrier School. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank so, you so yeah. much, Sydney, for being on. This has been awesome, and we will keep in touch with you, and we'll uh, look forward to talking to you about feet again soon. Okay, sounds great. Thank you, guys. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Sydney. All right, thanks. Tell right. Scott we said hi. I will. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. She was delightful, and I'll have you know my pony looks better now than he has in, in uh-huh. since I bought him, actually. <laughs> no, he's yeah. looking really good. And, you know, we were a little concerned because uh, he's he's out on grass now about half the day, and then the rest of the time he's in his muzzle. Uh, but he's doing pretty well. I think the grass this time of year is not as 
bad as yeah. it is for him in spring. Yeah, but, you may have to revisit that in spring. Yeah, but he's looking terrific. He's uh, When I put his uh, harness on, I did drive him last weekend, and when I put his harness on, I really had – I was running out of holes in that girth. Uh, it's the oh, first time I'm ever. I'm so proud so, of you. Yeah. So he's looking good. I don't think he likes it much, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's good for him. Non-GMO whole food nutrition is the basis of the entire Daily Dose Equine program. We never forget that natural is better and simplicity is key. Daily Dose Equine uses non-GMO whole food ingredients like alfalfa, timothy, peas, sunflower seeds, and flax. Daily Dose Equine doesn't use fillers, bulking agents, or leftovers from other industries. So you can feed less yet improve body condition and energy. And our feeds are free from chemical residues and glyphosate. Find the perfect formulation for your horse at DailyDoseEquine.com. Select Daily Dose Equine formulations are available nationwide through Chewy.com and TractorSupply.com. Well, coming up next is our second installment of our edutainment series on insurance. <laughs> How hard is that to say? <laughs> I know. Edutainment. I, that, that word got made up in the beginning of podcasting, I think. So Susan joined me last month, and she's joining me again this month. This time we're talking about liability insurance for your horses. Welcome to Horse Insurance 101 by Fry's Equine Insurance at friesequineinsurance.com. Hi, everyone. Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. One of the most requested segments we've gotten from listeners is about insurance for your horse and your farm. Susan Strauser is here from Fry's Insurance and has agreed to help us with the five-part series on insurance, helping us all understand what we are buying and what we need. If you missed last month's, we discussed horse mortality and health insurance for your horse, and you can find it at horseradionetwork.com slash insurance. Today in part two, we are talking about liability insurance. So Susan, if I'm a private horse owner and I have horses at home and maybe show, but I'm not a professional, what do I need for liability insurance? Good question, Glenn. Um, What we have are a couple different liabilities insurance, depending on what you're doing with your horses. So if you're a private horse owner, someone who owns their horse for pleasure, for show, Uh, Typically, you keep your horse at home or possibly boarded at a facility. We have what's called a private horse owner's liability policy that um, typically covers between two and five horses. And we're going to cover if they, the horse themselves, cause a liability incident uh, to somebody else or somebody else's property. So if my horse gets loose, crashes the fence, goes over and kicks the side in of my neighbor's brand new Tesla... Uh, does it cover that? Yes. Okay. That's the intent of the policy. Okay, right. So if, it, if yes. my horse does damage to other people's stuff. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Typically what we would see is a horse gets out on the road, gets hit by the car. We're going to take care of the car and the people in the car. Or okay. perhaps you, um, the horse is outside, backs into one of your guests' car. Um, we've had one set on the roof of the car yeah. and did quite a bit of damage. Yeah, we so had one actually do problem. that too, where they sat on the side of the car and smashed it all in. Yes, yeah. yes. So what? But what's different with the homeowner's policy? Does my normal homeowner's policy cover that? 
Well, that's something you would have to check with a homeowner's agent because all policies across the different companies are written differently. And a regular homeowners is probably going to cover liability maybe on your own property. But once you leave your property, then it's really how that policy is written. So does 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 the private horse owner's liability policy, it's a PHO for short, does that cover if I take my horse away to a show, my horse gets loose? And every show we've ever been to, there's been a loose horse. Um, and my horse gets loose and then crashes into the car? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we're going to cover your liability, whether it's on your property, right off of your property, or while you're at a show or maybe trail riding. What about boarding facilities? We board our horses. Um, We get that question a lot. What if I board my horse? The barn owner has coverage, and that's probably true. Um, However, the barn owner's policy covers the barn owner and not the boarders in the barn. So your private horse owner's liability would then extend to that boarding facility for your coverage. So I was wondering, a scenario came up over the weekend. So we're driving around, we're, we board, it's a very nice neighborhood, very wealthy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm driving my cart around, my horse bolts, and you know I take out the neighbors, whatever, uh, and will it cover in that instance then? Yes, because your liability policy is going to cover um, you as you travel. So it it follows the horse. Okay. A liability policy is written um, with, we typically see one to 10 horses. Once you get up over 10 horses, then you switch over to a different type policy. But we name the horses or the number of horses on the policy. And so we're covering each individual horse up to the limits of your policy. Gotcha. Okay. I understand now. So what happens if I'm running an equine business? What happens if I have a boarding stable or, uh, you know, I'm running a training business out of my barn? Then what? Okay. Then you need to look at the equine liability policy, which is designed for someone who is running a business. So if you're training horses, you're doing lessons, you're running a boarding program. Now, ideally, you would write that in with a farm policy, which we'll discuss next time. Um, But if you uh, maybe you lease a barn or you're an independent, so you travel from place to place, then you need a liability policy that's geared toward a business operation. Most homeowners policies will exclude coverage if you are running a business. So that's why you need to be able to pick your liability up somewhere else. Could you give me some examples of where that would come into play? Sure. If you are, um, say you're giving lessons in your barn and a student would fall off their horse during the lesson, uh, then your liability policy would come into play because that's a bodily injury to a third party. And we would first defend you. And then if you are found negligent, then then we'll pay up to the limits of your policy. But it could be that maybe you misjudge the student's writing level um, or and put them on a horse that they couldn't handle. Or it could be that the environment wasn't safe. We, we had a claim where a, a lesson was being given in an arena and outside the arena, Uh, Somebody pulled a weed whacker cord and started a weed whacker just as the horse was coming around the inside of the arena. That's usually when it happens. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so in that case, that was an unsafe environment 
um, that was provided. So liability did come into play then. When I'm driving around the neighborhoods, the, that kind of stuff happens almost every time you're going by. They wait until you get right in front of the yard to start the <laughs> tractor, you know, or whatever. Exactly. Or to, you exactly. Know. <laughs> so, in, but that leads me to the next question, because in many states like Florida, they have equine liability laws that... And, you know, the, the signs are out of the boarding stable we're at now. The signs are out that this is dangerous and you accept, you know, you're doing this at your own risk. Doesn't that cover us in those states? I know Kentucky had that, too. Yes, many states have an equine liability law. And so, yes, they do go a long way in keeping a lot of lawsuits um, out of courts. However, the person giving the lesson or the trainer or the property owner could be negligent. And that's where you need insurance. And plus, you have to look at um, not not the all the rules of these liability laws are followed the way they should be. So, for example, you may not have the proper wording in your liability release form or your state may require that you post a sign. So if you don't follow the rules of that law of your particular state, then you could have an incident. And, and again, you could be at fault, such as the example of, um, you know, the weed whacker being started outside the arena. That's not going to be covered under those equine liability laws. Uh, and, you know, I thought about that and I often wondered if, you know, negligence still comes into play. If you're negligent, you're negligent. And that, that never stops somebody from suing you anyway, you know. So, oh, exactly. Right. I, I tell my clients if it were my child and they were hurt during a lesson, I, I don't know that what I signed would be would stop me from filing the lawsuit, especially if I thought the instructor was negligent. Um, so, you know, when you look at your liability policy, for what you pay in a year, you're probably only paying for about one, two, maybe three hours of an attorney's fee. And so it's always good to have that peace of mind that these liability policies will provide you. So listeners will get mad if I don't ask. You brought it up. What is it, what's it cost for the liability insurance? Very good. Yes, that is the uh, big question we get. So a pr the private horse owners liability policies typically run about $275 a year. Now that's going to vary depending on the number of horses that you, um, that you own. And so that can go up from there, but that's going to be your base amount. Um, as far as the uh, equine liability policies, those premiums are based on the activity you do. So for someone who's giving, you know, maybe two or three lessons a year, you may be, you know, looking at around five, $600 a year, but the more you do, the higher your risk is. And so the higher the premium is. So you can always call um, our agency, and we'll be happy to get some information from you and be able to give you some estimated quotes. Very good. And one thing, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was horse clubs, events, shows, things like that. Do, do you do liability insurance for those? Yes, we do. So let's start with horse clubs. Um, as a club, you do have a liability exposure, especially if you're um, going to different locations to host shows. Uh, you may have meetings. So because the club is an entity, it could be sued if it, it as a club or its members cause a liability incident. So if you're having a meeting and somebody starts a fire um, on accident within the meeting place, well, then the, the club needs to have their liability insurance. Now, under a club 
policies, members are covered when they're acting on behalf of the club. So if you're at a show and you have a club member who is running extension cords for the sound system and somebody falls over that extension cord, then that member was acting as a club member. So we're going to provide coverage for both the club and that member. We won't provide coverage if they're acting on their own behalf. So they've entered a horse into the show and caused a liability incident. Then they would need their private horse owners. Gotcha. And the same applies for horse shows. Exactly. Now, um, horse shows are covered a little differently because they're covered individually. Um, if you don't, if you don't have a club policy or you don't need one, then you would have an individual show liability policy or event policy. And so that's going to provide you that same coverage. If, if you or one of your volunteers um, causes a liability incident, damages someone's car, or someone gets hurt, then you will be provided uh, your defense under this policy. Very good. And so how do they get a liability quote? What do they do? Well, they need to give us a call in the office and we can get some basic information from them. Um, a lot of times we can give an estimated quote over the phone, but that's just an estimate because everything needs to run past underwriters and they will um, look at your risk and then give us premiums for you. But give us a call and we'll be able to help you with that. And the phone number is 614-875-3711 or send an email from the website, right? They can just go to the website at friesequineinsurance.com. Exactly. And it's F-R-Y-S, equineinsurance.com. Listen yes. the next time as we discuss farm owners' policies. So State Line Tech right now, I just went to their website, and on the homepage, they have a section called Safety in the Saddle. You know, we do think about safety a lot here on this show. We obviously promote helmets and helmet use, and they have a bunch of them on sale right now. All kinds of safety stuff, uh, from vests to helmets to just masks, all kinds of things on here. Uh, you can find, uh, looks like savings up to about 40% on different items. What kind of helmets do you guys use? Gosh, I love my ovation. Uh, I think it's got the dial in the back, so I can change mm. it with my ponytail. My hair, what my hair is doing that day, I like that one. Um, I do compete in a. I mean, I, there's so many I love. Charles owns, but the a lot of them. My head is not Charlie Brown. My head is more like narrow, so it helps to have an adjustable dial. Mm. Gosh, I had to pull that. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, I had the Troxel Cheyenne Western helmet the leather one uh, for a long time and I really liked that helmet because it was cool looking but uh, it wasn't cool in Florida because it just was hotter than the regular helmets uh, but it also I passed my five years and had to give up my western helmet uh, so I I think I'm using one of the Troxel ones I believe um, I don't even remember anymore I just put it on my head every day when I go out to drive, <laughs> you I, just, remember. I don't even remember. I just You're not a name my, brand guy. Yeah, I just put it on my head and I go. But you can get all different. I mean, it used to be the the only color you could get in the helmets was black, and now there's a thousand different colors and a thousand different styles, and you can find them all over at StatelineTech.com. Uh, right now, we're going to head into the world of weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, that's right. Always weird news stories. They seem to just keep coming. And uh, this week is no different, but I would like to thank the people that submit weird news. If you're ever looking around wherever you get your news and you think, 
Dude, that's weird. That's what I want. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. I can't read the gross, weird ones, but I'd love to read them personally. I just can't share them on the air, but I, you know who you are, all of you who would like to send me weird things. I love them. Uh, but also, I would like to thank this week. Check this out, Glenn. Juliana, Margaret, Glenn, Delia, JoLynn, Thomas, Katie, and her kids who also listen to the show. And if I knew their names, I would say their names right now. But Katie and her kids, thanks for listening. Uh, let's see. Laureen, Amy, Melissa, Electra, and Lindsay all sent. And by the way, some of you resent the stories I did from last week. So if you want to hear me tell those, you can go back to last Wednesday's episode. But you can just email me if you see it. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Put weird news in the subject line so I know what it is. And you know uh, thanks to all of you. I just got thinking, if we ever get fired from this job, we can just start a podcast about weird news apparently i know right <laughs> we have all the sources yeah look we have a whole gang of reporters <laughs> I, on uh, on the ground reporters yeah. all over the world <laughs> all right what you got now you'll be really excited glenn because i am not doing all the weird news in florida this week it's kind of a global situation however oh. i will start in florida <laughs> do you know where longwood florida is i do not but i can look it up well, I looked it up. It's it's just north of Orlando, so okay. not terribly far from you. And it all seems very um okay, so it's so it's a restaurant. It's called Papa Bee's. And there's only a in the restaurant, it's kind of getting close to closing time, and there's four women in the restaurant. That's it. Well, all of a sudden, one of the toilets starts backing up and putting water everywhere and it's, it's becoming a big problem. Well, according to one of the employees, one of the toilets had been stuffed. This is like so middle school, right? One of the toilets had been stuffed with toilet paper. Somebody had crammed a whole toilet paper roll down in there and flushed it repeatedly, trying to be hilarious. Well, there was only four people in the store. So they know, I'm oh, sorry, five women in the store. So they go up to the manager goes up and was like, Hey, you guys, we're having to close this restaurant. They already paid their tab. And by the way, I'm aware that one of you is responsible for stuffing toilet paper in the toilet. Now, the ages of the women, 18, 19, 24, 20, and 26, the ages of these women who were all in the store. Okay. And the manager goes over and says, you guys got to go. Now, I'm pretty sure that there was drinking involved because what happened after that it, it didn't go well for the manager who asked him to leave. Apparently, one of the women stands up, gets face to face with the manager and punches her in the face. The remaining four women then begin to, quote, join in in the punching, kicking, pulling hair and throwing items at the employees. Okay. The uh, uh, investigators said the workers suffered lacerations and bruises. Jeez. Other staff started coming out and then the women started throwing cups and salt shakers at them <laughs> where they were trying to break up the fight. This is just a girl fight in a restaurant because they stuffed the toilet. So here's what happened. Somebody, an employee, went up and locked the front door because the police had been called. And the five women ultimately ran to the front door and couldn't get out. And so <laughs> then they turn around, they run to the back of the building, and they start to try to figure out how to get out of the building. I mean, again, this is like a total melee going on. <laughs> well, they run out the back doors, and then, boop, 
police were already there and they captured all five of the women. They took them into custody and the five suspects told the police, see what had happened was uh, we were just hanging out at the table and this lady came up and was very rude and dis- disrespectful and told us to leave this door. And as we were getting up to leave, they just attacked us. <laughs> Usually there's cameras too, you know? And that unfortunately was their demise because apparently there's surveillance videos yeah. showing them that the women were the ones who started attacking right. and they're all five What drink was charges. it? I'm guessing tequila. I don't know, but I will tell you that the restaurant might get in trouble because a couple of these girls are not 21. <laughs> so everybody better be careful. But all five women faced disorderly conduct, battery, and criminal mischief charges, and they were all arrested and taken to jail. Go Florida. They were old enough to know better. I mean, they were not like they were 12. You know what happens. Herd mentality. Okay, this is the saddest news story that I've ever done. And I actually found this one. And so did Glenn. Um, and he sent it to me because everybody, I need like a moment of silence. <sighs> okay. In Portugal, there's Lavara Distillery. It's a winemaker. <laughs> this one. And sadly, there was an explosion of two tanks in their distillery, in their winery. And the wine tanks exploded and burst. Now, the distillery is at the top of the hill. So 600,000 gallons of wine left the building. There is a video. If you want to see this, I showed this to Chad. I was like, you're not going to believe this. He was like, what is wrong? I was like, it's wine, babe. I know. I saw it too. And I was like, Like, oh my God, this is like a dam burst. It's like a dam burst. Right through the middle of town. Red wine. And it weaves its way down the hill through town. An Olympic swimming pool. An Olympic-sized swimming pool of wine leaked down the road, and it's like a cute little Portuguese town where, like, the building, and there's, like, a a wall on one side, and it's just running through the town. Well, there's about 2,500 residents. Nobody got hurt. Local authorities quickly sprang into action to divert the wine because apparently it was running straight for the river. And that would have not been good. So it actually, they. I don't know. The fish might have liked that. I know. Everybody would have liked it. I'd have just, you know, like, did people just stick cups out? Yeah. yeah, Nobody was upset. The the distillery apologized. They actually sent employees out to help divert the wine from going into the. I mean, they were like on it. Uh, They are so. That's a sticky mess full of... Can you imagine the insects the day after that goes through town? Oh, my God. The smell of, like, rancid wine <laughs> in a bottle is gross the enough. Bees. Imagine, like, cooking <laughs> in the sun. They uh, apologized. They've assumed all financial costs for the cleanup, and they deployed their staff to assist. It mm. ended up getting all rerouted into a field. They've now dug up all of that dirt and soil and pulled it out of the field, and it's gone into, like, some, uh, I don't know, some place where... you dispose of stuff like that in Portugal. Uh, but yeah, it's very sad. Just sad day. I'll tell you what, that's, that's, don't you wish you had been there to see it though? An Olympic size. I hope that winery pool. had some liability insurance. Cause that was our topic today. Cause I'm <laughs> going to buy, okay. It's Levira L E V I R a distillery. I'm going to buy some of their wine. Oh, I Just... don't think they have any right now. <laughs> <laughs> in a few years, I'm yeah. going to buy some. 
Okay, this is in Taylorsville, and I looked it up, and it's in Utah. So we're okay. heading to Utah. Um, police were called to the Mountain America Credit Union because it was reported that someone had broken after hours. And so officials surrounded the building and captured the 26-year-old man as he was going through the money drawers at this bank. Apparently, they waited for him to come out. And he came out carrying like bundles of cash in his hand. When stopped by the police, he was like, oh, no, oh, no. See, I'm a customer. I'm a customer. And the police said, um, do you <laughs> do you know that the business is closed right now and there's no one to help you? I know. I, so I just decided that I was going to help myself. <laughs> Make a withdrawal. <laughs> now, here's where it gets even better is they're like. You know, this was kind of the next day they were going back through all the surveillance cameras because what had happened was the KFC next door got broken into. Somebody smashed and grabbed it with a rock. And there is surveillance video of this gentleman going into the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, the fryers aren't on. There's no chicken available. So what he did, he sat down and grabbed himself some chocolate cake and began <laughs> eating it at the table. That's when he finished the cake and walked over into the office, took the iPad from the office, and then uh, walked next door to the credit union and just helped himself to some money. Officers asked him about the cake. He said, you took the cake. And you know what he said? Mmm, that cake was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the last cake he has for a while. And then he got his <laughs> cake and ate it too. <laughs> One more? Yeah, two more. Uh, yeah, actually, one more here. We'll do this one. Uh, this one's fantastic. Okay, this is uh, the Seascape Cafe at the North Sea Observatory in Chapel St. Leonard's in England. Okay, so... There was a call that went to police and they swarmed like tons of police came and were called to this observatory. They're like, oh, my God, you guys, there's a mass suicide happening at the observatory. There's all these people dead laying down in the observatory. Some sort of mass killing in the building has taken place. Swarm police. Everybody comes to the observatory. Uh, yeah, it was a yoga class. <laughs> and they were all meditating. <laughs> they got swatted. <laughs> they did. The, apparently some local dog walkers mistook the scene for a ritual mass murder. And all it was was a yoga class meditating. <laughs> Somebody watches too much TV. <laughs> All right, where can people send ads if they want to send them in to you? Send me your weird news story, Jamie, at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Just like Juliana, Margaret, Glenn, Delia, Jolyn, Thomas, Katie, and her kids, Laureen, Amy, Melissa, Electra, and Lindsay all did. Y'all appreciate it. Love you, Mina. This is awesome. <laughs> well, tomorrow we're going to have the NRHA for you, special raining episode. And then Friday we'll do some more really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Again, thank you, everybody, for the love yesterday and for spreading the word. Please continue to do that during Telefriend September. Hang on, auditors, for the post-show. We're going to have a little chat about an Olympian. 
All right, everybody, spay, neuter, and geld, and I am practicing what I preach. I am so excited to say that Murphy is getting brain surgery tomorrow. Yay! No more humping, pass it out, puppy. Woohoo! <laughs> Poor Murphy. <laughs> oh, so happy. Took like six weeks to get the appointment. I'm so ready. So is Homer. <laughs> Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So in the horse world, and especially the jumping world, there are some legends. And one of those legends is Eric Lamaze. He's been to like... 100 Olympics and, you know, all this stuff. I have – Hickstead was one of his famous yeah. horses. I yep. have Hickstead as a briar. Well, Eric's – this article that came out in the Chronicle is just something else. If I else. had Eric's briar, I would toss it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's gotten himself in a little hot water, let's say. So years ago, probably – well, it was back in 2017, it came out that he had brain cancer. Wasn't it brain cancer? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, brain cancer. So, and we reported on that and everybody was sad. And then um, w- there's some more to this story. <laughs> and now I'm not even sure if he had cancer at all, to be honest. I don't know. Um, the, didn't really say in the article whether he did or didn't in the end. Well, I read some other articles that were saying he didn't and he was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so. <laughs> so back in 2010, Iron Horse Farm, the owners of Iron Horse Farm, sued him over three horses they claim he misrepresented in selling them. So they sued him for a lot of money. It was a lot of money. Uh, And the case has been going on and on and on. And uh, Eric kept finding ways to get out of going to court. So in 2019, it was finally going to go to court. And Eric shows up with letters from the doctor saying he couldn't appear because he was getting surgery for his head and he was in a bad place with his cancer. And the judge granted a suspension. Well, last summer, the uh, Iron Horse Farm lawyers were just had enough of this because <laughs> they could never get him into court. So they hired a private investigator to look at the at the whether the letters that he had signed by the physicians were, by the way, were out of Brussels, the physicians, the institute in Brussels, the Cancer Institute. The attorneys contacted the lawyers that signed the letters that got him out of going to court, and they were like, hmm. We didn't sign those. Matter of fact, we don't even know him. That's garbage. I mean, it was like, that's not even a thing. That's not my handwriting. They were written in Dutch, these letters that got him out of going to court and allegedly signed by the physician. And the physician told the investigator that the signature was not his and he doesn't even speak Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) What? The other letter, apparently there was another one by another neurosurgeon at the same place, quote-unquote, that uh, said that the patient was under his care since 2017 and claimed he underwent surgery in July to remove something for throat cancer and that he couldn't talk, and it was attached to his larynx, and so he couldn't talk. Um, And he also had high-risk brain surgery. And when they questioned this doctor about that letter, the doctor told the legal counsel, it's a fake. I never wrote this letter. And moreover, I have no memory of this patient at all. He made all of this up. Unbelievable. So we're not done. <laughs> so his longtime friend, Timothy Danson, was his lawyer for, through all of this. Well, as soon as he found out that he faked these letters, he quit. So he removed himself from the case, and he's no longer the lawyer. So that's not all. 
there are multiple, like, oh, what was it, a dozen lawsuits against him for fraudulently uh, selling horses, basically, and for other misdeeds that companies are suing him, individuals are suing him. Some of them are for like millions of dollars. Uh, and the, not only that, so they're suing him for, you know, misrepresenting horses that were sold, things like that. <clears throat> and he's been using this letters to get out of these court cases all along. So not only that, uh, he apparently used one of these letters to get out of a court case. He was supposed to show up at a deposition, and they said he couldn't because his cognitive he had cognitive impairment. Yet he posted on social media two days after that that he was in Miami at the at the Global Champions Tour. Yeah. So basically, he's like, I can't go. I'm I can't so go. sick. I can't even yeah, fly. He's being photographed at horse shows and events, like competing and coaching <laughs> just- during all of this. What got me was what idiot gave this guy a loan for like millions of dollars to buy a yacht? Well, that was, I didn't even get to that yet because oh. in Miami, now th- this, this just goes on. This case never ends. So his. He was renting a place in Miami to live, and apparently his landlord sued him for $180,000 because he hadn't paid his rent in forever. So, by the way, they won that lawsuit. And then he rented another place in Miami because he got kicked out of that one, and and he got kicked out of that apartment, $30,000 per month luxury apartment. He had $80,000 in unpaid rent, and they evicted him. Another landlord. Grand a month. Yes. This guy rides horses. That's yes. not a thing. I know. Then the yacht, seventy foot yacht. They loaned him one point eight million in twenty seventeen to purchase the yacht. Well, it was just foreclosed upon and repossessed on March the twenty third because he hadn't paid that bill. It just goes on and on. That wasn't all of it. It just goes on and on. I mean, at what point are you scared to wake up in the morning? You know, because well, you owe. I would have so been at that people. point about ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, you know what? I owe everybody money. I'm screwing up ever over everybody. I'll make up this thing about having brain cancer. I'll tell everybody. Then I won't have to go to. Now the we're not sure. I just I want to clarify. Complain. He might have. We're not sure. We don't know. Nobody knows because he <laughs> lies about everything. He li- I, I read a quote from him saying, did I me- lie about having brain cancer? No. And this is not the direct quote. But did I did I have to, you know, change some stories and fabricate some things to to keep my life going? Yes. You know, so obviously he's admitted to lying about a lot of things. But like you can't be like, sorry, um, my doctor says I can't go to court today because I'm cognitively impaired. And then you go and tweet about being at a horse show? In Miami. What an idiot. So do you think this starts out, do you think this starts out with just one thing and then it just snowballs and as you try and, you know, fix it, it, you keep having to make stuff up and then you keep having to fix and make stuff up and fix and, but it doesn't look like. But you and I could anything. not rent a place. We'd have to get twelve references to rent a fifteen hundred dollar a month apartment, and he reneges on one and then gets another one. Yeah, but he's got doctor's notes, forged doctor, like he's forging everything. Probably forged all the references. Uh, it's just, true. it's insane. This guy just continued to like dig his hole deeper. It didn't just walk away. No, he was like, mm, let me just rent a thirty thousand. Oh wait, you know what? Let me get a, let me just get a yacht. Like, who do you think you are? You're not Paris Hilton. You don't have Hilton money. Come on, baby, you got to get your stuff together. I mean. I can't imagine what I mean, what like he did was fraud. He should be arrested, right? I mean, 
It's all fraud. fraud. I mean, and that's what it is. He's going to get arrested for all of this. I, I don't, I mean, you can't to, to like, can you imagine being the investigator or the lawyer, or whatever you're like, I'm going to contact these doctors and just say, like, make sure that all of this is legitimate. And he contact the doctors is like, I didn't write that. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, did he think nobody was going to check? Like there's just such a high level of stupid in all of this. That it's unbelievable. <laughs> and by the way, the case from 2010 that started this all with uh, Iron Horse Farm is still not settled. <laughs> so the, the judge now has said, we're finishing this case and it's going, whether you're ready or not, <laughs> it's going to trial. At what point can you take, not take blood from a turnip? You know what I mean? Well, like, that's the he thing. Can't... He hasn't paid any of these that he's lost. So I don't know. <laughs> He's going to end up in jail and everybody's going to end up out of money. I want to give credit, and, though, to the to uh, let me see who wrote this. It was uh, one of the writers that we talked. Melissa Wright Chronicle. wrote this and oh she was God. great. She did a great job. Great. You know, let's get her on to talk about it next week. Yeah, because she she put a lot of research into this. It was a well written and it was a long article because it just kept going and going. And, I, and I read Jennifer came in it. last night after she read it went, I this is just crazy. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things. I guess it just keeps piling on and piling on. And pi- but he kept doing stupid stuff, like after cancer, getting the yacht? What? <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's maybe his brain is addled. And no if he faked all that this. stuff, that makes those of us that have had cancer and still have cancer really pissed. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. All right. Well, that's uh, we had to vent about this. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think we should get the author of the article on to come and talk about it. All right, Let's uh, do we've that. had her on before, I believe. So we'll have to we'll have to reach out to her. Uh, there we go. And again, this is all what we read. So I don't know. It could all be not true, but I, you know, Chronicle doesn't print stuff usually unless they vetted it. So <laughs> I pretty much trust them. I mean, if you just Google Eric Lamaze, you'll come up with 10 different stories. Yeah, yeah. I think that the Chronicle one was definitely the most thorough because it's actually writing to horse people who understand things a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a oh, big surprise. They reached Eric out Lamaze. to him to uh, clarify any of this and he didn't respond. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Okay, top stories on Google about Eric Lamaze. Yeah. Gold medalist Eric Lamaze allegedly forged brain cancer documents. Gold medalist allegedly fakes brain cancer to avoid day in court. He Canadian Olympic Olympian faked cancer to get out of court case. Fake cancer to dodge 400,000-pound lawsuit. Uh, fake end-stage cancer to avoid... Court. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So yeah, he and then he wrote, "I did have cancer." <laughs> Olympic champ Eric Lamaze fires back. <laughs> I did have cancer. I did I swear. Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now go ride your horse. <laughs>